Mediated Conversation on SAFM. 27 minutes to 9, the time, time for your Mediated Conversation this Monday morning. Last week, in the centre of Joburg, the most horrific fire in the most horrific circumstances led to 74, 77 people dying in the most horrific way. The many dynamics that led to the fire, and there'll be investigations to get to the bottom of how this fire started. But one of the major issues that we see in our society right now is migration. People moving from rural areas of our country to, ru- ru- to urban areas. And that comes with all sorts of complexities. So people are moving into shacks, they're moving into flats, they're moving into old factories, old commercial buildings, and they're doing this because there is nowhere else for them to move to. There's simply no affordable accommodation for them. So how big is urban migration? What problems does it create? How do we solve and manage these problems? First this morning, we'll speak to the General Secretary of the Shack Dwellers Movement, Abakhali Basram Jondolo Tepelo Mahapi and ask Topelo how many people are moving into rural areas and where they are coming from. Then you'll hear from Graham Gotts, the Director of Research at the Gauteng City Region Observatory. And finally, the response from cities and metros, how should they respond? We'll speak to Professor Hangwalani Magadamisha, a Professor of Town Planning. We start then with Topelo Mohape from Abakhali Basram Jondolo. Topelo, good morning and thank you for your time. Uh, t- sorry, Tapelo, my mistake. I thought you were on WhatsApp. You're on the phone. Tapelo, hi. Hi. Good morning. Good morning to the listeners. Good morning to you, Stephen, as well. The people that you represent, they live in shacks in cities like Joburg, Etiquini, Kobecha. Where are they coming from? Um, thank you once again for the opportunity. And one needs to, first and foremost, continue to send our deepest condolences to the families that have lost their loved ones, the ones in Iteriling, uh, the five children that were locked in the informal settlements, as well as the um, more than 70 people who perished in the building in Marshalltown. Um, people come to the cities to seek better opportunities. They come from the rural areas because we are coming from deep poverty in the rural areas. There are no opportunities. Um, there is nothing for us. There's no hope. And when we come to the cities, we come to the cities to seek these opportunities with no place to stay, no way to, to, to live. And we start building the, the informal uh, settlements in the manner that we are doing because we are desperate because we are coming from poverty in the rural areas where we come from. People have always moved to cities. That's the story of humankind. In South Africa, have you seen the rate of people coming to cities start to increase? Have we seen more people maybe coming to cities since the pandemic? Yes, um, we have seen um, a number of people coming to the cities. We have seen more of land being occupied by people who are desperately in need of a place to stay, people who are in need of the opportunities. If these opportunities were provided in the rural areas, if universities were in the rural areas, if um, Uh, business opportunities were in the rural areas, people would not have to move into the cities. And it has been our call as a Mashabasam Jondoro to say that in order to deal with urbanization and the movement of people seeking better opportunities in the cities, the government needs to invest more in the rural areas so that the opportunities that are in the cities are provided to people in the the, uh, rural areas where they live. So when someone arrives in a city... Where do they go? They look for any space there is. And I suppose for many people, that's an informal settlement first. Yes, uh, informal settlements, uh, as we, we, are, we are know, we know that the issue of land in this country 
has not been decisively done with and people um, will have to occupy uh, any piece of land. Um, some would uh, be, you know, be able to rent for a couple of years and when they lose their job, particularly during the COVID, where we've seen a lot of people going into uh, occupied vacant uh, uh, land because of the loss of uh, their jobs. And it showed at the time a government that was detached from the people on the ground when you lock down people um, and you people are unable to go and work and they were evicted by their landlord and they had no choice but to go and build structures um, in an open place. Uh, so that, that's, that's what has happened. People out of desperation, out of seeking a place to stay, out of hunger, out of... Um, Frustration. People go and build informal settlements so that they can live with their families. And Tapelo, are people forced to move quite often? They'll live here for a month, maybe two months, then have to move somewhere else for maybe six months. Yes, um, that, that happens depending um, on the opportunity where it is. Um, if you look at informal settlements anywhere else um, in the in the in the bigger cities. It is either in an industrial areas where it's closer to industrial areas or it is closer to transport opportunities uh, along the railway lines, along uh, the um, highways and so forth. It's because people want to be closer to transport uh, so that they can be able to access transport easily, so that people can access uh, the work opportunities. Even when you don't have, because you are, you are living in the, in, in the rural areas, you are coming from the rural areas, if there's no job opportunities, you just come to the cities because there might be a job opportunities while you are living in the city. So you don't want to miss the job opportunities. There, so you, what you do, you build your structure, you wait, you look around for work because you can't be looking for work while you are living in the Eastern Cape, for instance, so far. So people come not only because uh, they have work to do in the cities, but for opportunities that may exist as a result of them living in the city. Tapelo, thank you. Tapelo Mohape is the General Secretary of the Shack Dwellers Movement. Abakhali Basam Jondolo, you with SFM. Your mediated conversation continues around urban migration in South Africa. 20 minutes now to nine. Graham Gotts is the Director of Research at the Gauteng City Region Observatory in Johannesburg. Graham, good morning. Good morning, Stephen. Are there hard numbers for people coming into Gauteng? Uh, yes, there are th- uh, a couple of hard numbers which I can share with you. Um, let me just also echo Tabello's condolences to the family who've lost lives, uh, lost uh, loved ones. I mean, of course, we're going to talk hard data, but uh, one can't forget the human tragedy um, behind this. Uh, let me just also say we're all desperately hanging on for the new census results, which will probably come out sometime in September. We're hoping that's what Status has promised us. Um, and we'll be able to have a much better handle on what's happening once those numbers come out. But just indicatively, um, the, the stats are that uh, between uh, uh, the early 2000s um, and today, the population of Gauteng has increased from just under 10 million to about 16 million. That's about 1.6, 1.8 million people every five years. And if you want to get a sense of the scale of that, this, the population of Soweto is about 1.6, 1.8 million uh, people. So we're talking about the growth of Gauteng by the scale of a Soweto every five years. That's that's really big. Sure. Is it possible to know, I mean, I appreciate we have to wait for the census. Has this process speeded up in, say, the last five, ten years? Well, actually, the stats are uh, are suggesting that, and this may partly be as a result of COVID, 
um, that the pace of in-migration has slowed down slightly. Of course, census will tell us whether that's an accurate estimation or not. Um, but there is some sense in which the, the, the population growth of places like Gauteng may have inched down. That's not to contradict Tabelo. There are lots of people continuing to come to the cities and that the, 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 the pace of, of in-migration um, will, will, will continue. It, but it may be slowing down slightly, we imagine. When people get to Gauteng, how do they live? Tapelo's explained people look for somewhere to live. I imagine someone's first night in a new city is usually with a friend or a family member. After that, they have to start looking for a place. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to make a, a, a more general point by saying I always remember a quote from Johnny Steinberg in one of his Business Day news articles. And he, he, he makes this, uh, this, this point that uh, South African cities treat newcomers from the countryside like dirt. And what happens is people who are coming into our cities desperate for opportunities, like Tabello said, they're in this weird space where they're trying to make a livelihood, but they're always oscillating backwards and forwards from the city to the countryside. Um, Johnny Steinberg talks about these failed adult lives where they're no longer properly rural, but no not yet urban. And, and I think that's a really dramatic description of what's going on. When they get to the city, They've got to make do in whatever way they can. I do have to say, let me just qualify things a little bit, that it's not just informal settlements and abandoned building or, or hijacked buildings. There's a lot of other things that are going on. One of the big things that we've observed uh, through various kinds of data is the massive increase in backyard dwellings, backyard shacks or formalizing backyard dwellings. Um, in some of our cities like Chwane, we've seen three to 400 percent increases in the number of backyard dwellings between 20 to 2001 and 2016, the latest data we've got. Sure. When people are living here, they've got a job and they're working here, how much of their money are they spending on rental here or are building accommodation here? Or are they spending their money somewhere else? Are they sending it back home to Limpopo, the Eastern Cape? So I don't have hard stats on the percentage of, of incomes that are returned to rural areas, but there's absolutely no question that that failure of our cities to accommodate in migrants, the, the, the treating of newcomers like dirt, means that people are always hedging their bets. And, and, and basically what a lot of people are doing is continuing to invest in the chance that they may not continue to live in, in the city over the long term. And so they're repatriating, if I can use that word, a significant share of their incomes um, back into rural areas. Of course, there's also a lot of people who dodge those expectations. There's a common South African phrase for this, the black tax, right? You can like or not like the term. I don't particularly like it, but it, it, it's a way to describe uh, the obligations that people feel uh, when they make some kind of money in urban areas to family and, 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 and kin back home. So people will be sending money back for children, for families, for parents, uh, for brothers and sisters-in-law. For all, for, but they will also, from what I can see, and and you will know this better than I, Graham. If you drive around rural areas, people are investing in homes in rural areas. Yeah, it's a really big phenomenon. Um, and and forgive me for talking like an academic for a little while, but uh, there used to be this a term in the South African context. Uh, to describe apartheid as displaced urbanization. People are trying to make their way as close as possible to the edges of our cities uh, 
in order to get access to those economic opportunities. But that urbanization impulse is displaced because for what forced people to live in Bantustans on the edges. Now we're seeing something slightly different. We're calling it displaced urbanism, which is the desire to live urban lives in those displaced locations. And so what people are doing is they are basically investing in housing assets, not in the city. Again, they treat it like dirt here. They're investing in housing assets back in rural areas. And I don't know if anyone uh, uh, can, can, can uh, imagine this, but if you drive around the, uh, the edges of the Kruger Park, Bushbuck Ridge, Rustenburg, rural KZN, there are mansions going up. It's bizarre. Uh, you know, you can look at uh, rural landscapes and see uh, uh, hundreds of thousands of Tuscan villas in, in, in what looks like estates. Of course, it's all traditional land. Um, and, and that's a, that's a, 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 a hedge betting strategy of people who, who, who can't find the opportunities they need in cities. So someone might say, why would someone invest in a place that they're not living in? They must be living in the urban area um, for at least 60 to 70 percent of their time. But they are making decisions that are entirely rational in the way they see the world. Their family, their home is actually at home. It's not in the city. Absolutely. I once heard a, 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 a metaphor a slang expression in, in, in Kenya, which said, only fools have homes in the city, which is an expression that people always want to aspire to demonstrate that they've made it back in a rural context to their their neighbors, their clans, etc. Um, but I think there's a lot of complex stuff that's going on. Um, we recently did a, a, a research trip to Bushpark Ridge, uh, and we were with a couple of academics, including one Leslie Banks, who described what he is uh, an anthropologist described a, a status economy frenzy where people are building these homes in order to show to neighbors and others that they've made it, uh, they, they, you know, they've been able to accumulate something. But we think other things as well are going on. People are, are trying to construct family homes and they often get together with other members of the family in order to construct these whole homes as some kind of bolt hole, uh, some place that they can all find refuge in together if everything else goes pear-shaped um, and, and the pandemic we think has accelerated this trend in places like Bushbuck Ridge. Um, you, you know, it's, they, they, we, I can go on and, and talk about other possible reasons. Um, the dynamics of this are difficult to change, right? Home is home, okay? <laughs> that, home that's, is home. That's, that's, what, that's what humans are. It's also the very long hand of the migrant labor system going back, I suppose, to at least 1850, if not before. Absolutely. Um, and as we continue to treat uh, migrant labor, uh, migrants to our cities, and remember, it's not just foreign migrants, it's also um, South African migrants from other provinces, about 35% of South Africa's population, according, of, of Gauteng's population, according to our stats, comes from other provinces. Um, as, as we continue to treat them like dirt, we, we, we end up in a situation where, where, where people want to reinvest in those rural homes, and in a strange, strange way, it's almost like a Favudian dream. I'm not, I'm not saying that aspiration to build homes back in a homeland uh, is 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 wrong. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that. But one, one needs to couch this in terms of of our own history, and uh, there's a sense in which Favud's ideal has been realised in an ironic way. And I do want to make the point very quickly that this is all to the cost of the city. Um, the, the scientific evidence is that cities work best 
when there's this thing called agglomeration economies. And that's when people come together into large numbers and invest their aspirations and the available resources that they've got, invest in assets, in livelihoods, in urban areas, as Tepelo has said. That's really what we want. Um, you can't deny the economically rational choice of people, but in policy terms, it's not the desirable outcome for our country. Graham Gotts, thank you so much. Director of Research at the Gauteng City Region Observatory in Johannesburg. In a moment, we'll speak to Professor Hangwalani Magadamisha. She is the Professor of Town and Regional Planning at the University of KwaZulu-Natal. You with SAFM, your mediated conversation will continue. It's 10 minutes to 9. Mediated conversation on SAFM. Nine minutes to nine the time. Continue your mediated conversation around migration after the fire we saw in the city of Joburg last week. Professor Angwalani Magadamisha is the Professor of Town and Regional Planning at the University of KwaZulu-Natal. Professor Magadamisha, good morning and thank you so much for your time this morning. Good morning to you and uh, good morning to all your listeners. So we have a series of issues playing out. We have a large number of people coming in to our cities, and the cities themselves don't necessarily have the resources. How should a city or a metro deal with these dynamics? Um, thank you very much. Uh, I think it is to assist to come up with a solution. We'll leave it to a city alone. Professor, we're unable to hear you properly on that line. We're going to see if we're able to actually uh, get up to get, get contact you uh, through another means and just see if we're able to improve the reception on the line. We do seem to have a problem with that line. Sorry about that. Uh, but we do want to hear properly from uh, the professor, of course, on this issue. You know how important this issue is. And we've seen, of course, how it almost defines the daily lives of so many people, this issue around urbanization and how difficult it can be for cities to manage it. So, yeah, there are plenty of elements that come into this. You've heard already around the scale of migration into cities, and you've heard about some of the decisions that people make and why they make them. The question, of course, now is, with all of the problems that this creates, all of the difficulties in decisions, how do towns and cities actually manage them? That, of course, would be the next point to consider. So we'll be speaking to Professor Magadamisha about this in just a moment and to continue those conversations around how it is that you can actually improve uh, the measures that cities have and the measures and the ways in which they're able to actually implement them. So that will be coming up next in your mediated conversation. Professor Magadamisha back with us now. Professor, so sorry about that. Uh, we've heard the problems that a city is facing. How should they, me- how should they manage them? Yeah, so I was saying it's, uh, it's supposed to be a multi-stakeholder kind of approach because cities on their own, they may not be able to solve this, um, especially if you're talking about migration, um, which comes in different forms. We're talking about the temporal ones, and we discussed them earlier on. I uh, had colleagues making some contribution to say some, it's not everyone who wants to be within the cities to stay longer. So they are there for a period of time and they go back. And some of them is intentional. They have no intention to stay within the city and they just want to improve their life. So the way in which you approach that is not the same as someone who will be there, actually they is deciding to be part of the city forever and, and, and make their living there and, and have their housing there. So what we ought to be doing, actually, especially from a town planning perspective, is to understand the migration patterns and and to extend where you understand what is happening within your particular city. Why are people attracted to your space and what are they looking for and how long are they here for? Now, what we have actually um, 
Department of, of DSD, they're actually running a study and, and, and training, trying to educate people on how to integrate migration within their plans. Because if we don't integrate that into the plan, it becomes an issue. So what's supposed to happen is that we need to understand the pattern at a city level. Now, the data that we have very often for planning is not adequate enough because it often talks at the highest level, such as uh, uh, municipalities. But you want to understand data at a at a wide level to able to say, OK, why people are coming to this particular city at this particular uh, uh, spot or what? Because you will realize that very often migration or migrants, when they come, they target specific area. And often this is very often the case with the, the international migration uh, uh, coming to thin, within our spaces. So those are the issues that we need to decode and understand better. Then once we understand that, then we're able to come up with concrete strategies and plan. And, and, and the issue of land comes to play here. There, I mean, the key thing would obviously be affordable accommodation. So really cheap rental accommodation and very cheap rental accommodation. People aren't earning every, very much money. There's huge demand for this. It would seem obvious to me that someone could make a lot of money by building really high rise buildings and renting out small, quite small flats. Yes, it's, it's, it's possible. But you see, when we talk about rental, that's just not enough. You're talking about someone renting the space, but this also... Uh, what we call um, the quality of life in that particular space. So I can give you a, a rental affordable, like you are saying, within the CBD uh, and very cheap, but you may not be able to take your child to school because the schools are expensive. You may not be able to go to the doctor because uh, the hospitals around you, they're expensive. So what we're looking for is not actually just accommodation. It's what I call human settlement or housing as on its totality. So once you adjust houses as the structure, like you're saying, but then you have to look at the surrounding environment. Can people really afford to stay here and able to make a living? So then where so then urban planners, the people talking about these problems, are they are they solutions that they can implement to resolve this? Because migration into cities is not going to stop. Yes, I agree with you. And and there are solutions that they can start to look at. Uh, but what is needed immediately uh, uh, is the availability of land. Right. So we need to have land within uh, a strategic located space, but also be mindful of what kind of other land uses are we accompanying this kind of uh, development with the kind of schools uh, the affordability whether it's a private or public schools and and, and be mindful of the people who are staying in the, in the particular environment where they're going to take their kids to school where they're going to go to the hospital like i said earlier on so those that is the first thing but the other key issue actually maybe we don't even have to be talking about bringing people to the cities what's happening within south africa is that we have unequal provinces in terms of how they look and how they function. So we've got more provinces which are more affluent than the other, cities which are more affluent than the other. And now that is where the problem is. So we are over-investing in some cities and that becomes a magnet, right? So everyone wants to go to that particular cities. But if we start thinking about the strategies where we have to actually put resources across the board in a more equitable manner and, and try to make sure that we develop other areas equally. So a child should not feel, or, or a parent should not feel like they have to drive so many kilometers for, for, for their child to have a better schooling system, for argument's sake, or to go to a better school. Now, now until we deal with that, uh, I think the issue of migration and, and, in, and inequalities will, will continue in this country.
Professor, thank you very much indeed. Really appreciate the time. Professor Angwalani Magadamisha is the Professor of Town Planning at the University of KwaZulu-Natal. My thanks to Graham Gotts, the Director of Research at the Gauteng City Region Observatory in Johannesburg. And starting us off today, Tepelo Mohape is the General Secretary of the Shack Dwellers Movement, Abakhlali Basam Jondolo. Well, it's been a busy morning. I expect, in fact, quite a busy news week. We'll be back with you.